you're a believer, are you believing with me? The Lord give words. For the Lord opens your heart. The Bible says that you have no need that any man teach you. Yet when Jesus ascended on high, one of the things he did is he gave teachers. Apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, right? So how do those two things go together? Well, the truth is, in order for you to receive from God, you must hear from God. Hearing is one of the most important things as a believer. You must hear. You must hear from God. You must open your heart to receive from God. So I pray and study. Do my best to yield to the Holy Ghost. And I can do a pretty good job because he's teaching me. But I'm always believing to improve and do better. Trust in him. But we trust him to minister. But this is not... Christ did not die on the cross... To have someone come and give a natural lecture or teach you about natural things or teach in a natural way or pastor in a natural way or uh, prophesy in a natural way. All of the operations of God are supernatural. They are beyond natural. They are beyond the natural ability. Even your hearing Be careful what you hear, but also be careful how you hear. Hmm. I was seeking the Lord about a particular individual uh, a week or two ago. And, um, you know, I was going to say as a minister, but before I was really even in ministry, I was serving the Lord and following the Lord. I found this to be the most challenging part of my Christian walk and I would say it's maybe in a different way, but it's still quite challenging. Maybe, I don't want to say the most challenging, I don't know that, but very challenging is that, you know, you can know what the Word says. You can even know sometimes concerning certain individuals, certain situations, uh, some answers from the Lord for them, especially, you know, even as a pastor, you have a different... Uh, position because of the structure that the Lord has set up. So I would have insight into those that I pastor at different times. You know, definitely not perfect, definitely in part. You know, sometimes, like Dad Hagen taught us, he said, you know, we know in part. And he said, sometimes the part that you don't know can change the whole picture. <laughs> well, you think just because you know this little sliver and the Lord legitimately revealed it to you, you know, well, you might walk in a little more humility because you only know what he tells you. Anyhow, I was seeking the Lord for a particular individual and this scripture came up in my spirit from Christ and it's not what I was planning to minister on today but it, it works fine for the intro. And that is hearing they did not hear and seeing they did not see. I was uh, talking about healing for a particular individual, you know, and um, in endeavoring to minister to them, uh, they were having challenges receiving. You know, one of the greatest things in that situation is to pray the Ephesians prayers for someone. They're a believer that the Lord would open the eyes of their understanding. Because otherwise, if he doesn't open the eyes of our understanding, you may hear but not hear. You may see, oh yeah, I see that, but you may not really see it. Faith, there is such substance in faith. You have a dream, a hope, a a plan, a thought. It may just remain that if you don't have any faith. But when you got faith, that thing is so solid. You got faith to build a house, you know what's going to happen? You're going to see a house begin to be erected. Faith is the substance of your, the things that you hope for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. 
Faith is of God. Faith comes from God, and faith comes by hearing from God, and by the Lord revealing and explaining and giving you understanding and giving you light. And then you have this substance that the Bible calls faith. In the Greek, it's pistis, that you have this pistis. And with pistis or faith, it really doesn't matter who's against you because God is for you and God is with you and God is in you and you would know that he's heard you and you know that you've heard him and you have great boldness in the face of utter natural defeat and circumstances that your mind cannot wrap around. It's the wonderfulest place to be. That's a weird way to say that. It's the best place to be. I love being in the place of faith. I love when my mind is boggled and can't figure it out. I know God's going to do something I could never do. Better than I could dream, better than I could imagine, better than I could plan or conceive. He's going to do it and it's going to be good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to, you need to make sure that you keep your children in the hands of God. Get your hands off your children. You understand what I'm saying? You got a responsibility. You got to protect them, train them as they're at home. Uh, you, got, you got more direct hands on. But I'm saying your, the hands of your heart. You know, I know a particular minister. He came and ministered when I was in Bible school at the church. Uh, and when he ministered, uh, just a powerful anointing. And he said one night, he was, uh, got up at three in the morning to go to the bathroom, real spiritual. He said, he's coming back from the bathroom. The Lord said in his spirit, uh, I'll call his son John Doe. He said, uh, the Lord said in his spirit as he's walking back in the dark, be careful with John Doe. He's susceptible to drugs. Well, I mean, you couldn't even know that unless they'd already been messing with the stuff. But the Holy Ghost knows because God knows. And that is his own spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you. So keep them in the Lord's hands. I love to pray in the spirit because I can pray things that I don't know need to be prayed for. I love to pray in the spirit because I know in order to do it, my tongue is yielded to God himself. I love to pray in the Spirit because He gives me the words to speak, words that go beyond my natural planning and thinking, words that I wouldn't even have thought to think or to pray. You, you yield to the Holy Spirit. You, you know how to do it because you're a believer. Just like you yielded when you received Jesus Christ. Turn in your heart to Him. So this is not a, a natural ministry. It's not natural teaching. It's not natural preaching. And our living is, as a believer is not natural living. Yet we have natural things to do, natural things to take care of. But we are infused, empowered, and we get vision, and we see things of the future from the Spirit of God. That He will direct the steps of a righteous man, a righteous woman. Psalm 23 he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because he made me somebody. No, because you are with me. The Revelation. <laughs> It's kind of a verse as a minister I don't like to mention sometimes because people have used it to beat people with, but that's not the purpose. <laughs> he said in Revelation, go back to your first love. Come back to your first love. As a believer, never forget your first love. Never lose the awe and the wonder of the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the power of the blood. Never know so much. Paul said, I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm going to let God know everything else. I'm just going to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Uh, I remember being in a particular situation with some uh, people that had some questions, and so we were praying. And uh, while we're praying, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, it, it wasn't painful, but it would be kind of like you're, you're going this way in prayer, you're walking this way, and all of a sudden you come to this wall, and so you come back here, and then you, you keep praying, and you keep coming to this wall. No matter what you do, you keep coming to this wall. <laughs> like, there's a wall there. And so, you know, I was a pastor, of course, and so at that time at least, and then um, so in praying with the people, you feel a little bit of uh, responsibility, like, hey, you're the pastor, you're supposed to know how to pray, like, what's going on? I'm like, why do we keep running to this wall? So instead of having the answers and knowing, I just said, hey, uh, what are you guys getting in prayer? So, well, I don't know. I said, well, I feel like we're like come up to a wall and we're kind of stuck. You know, that's what it seems like to me. And I said, well, let's pray and ask the Lord. So I said, Lord, it seems like we're praying and we're coming up to a wall. <laughs> What's going on? And so uh, I think somebody had a song, so we sang a, a little bit right then and then just four of us praying. And then um, Melody, my wife, began to speak in other tongues. And uh, the Lord gave me the interpretation, so I interpreted it, and it answered the situation right away. But, you know, if you just determine that you know everything, uh, you're going to miss out. You just determine God knows everything. You just determine that there's no situation that shocked him. You know, there's no sin that, that, that like, he's, he turns to his son Jesus and says, you're going to have to go back again because we didn't think of that one when you were on the cross. Right? But the, the natural mind elevates the natural man. The natural thinking person ele elevates and magnifies the wisdom that comes from man. But the Bible doesn't really magnify man. The Bible magnifies Jesus Christ. The Bible magnifies the gospel. The Bible magnifies God. Like I said a few weeks ago, the gospel does not magnify man. The gospel will lift man. The gospel will change man. The gospel delivers man. But the gospel does not magnify man. And so as we, as we walk on the path of our life, we're always looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Sometimes I used to say your faith, but that's not actually what it literally says. He is the author of faith. He is the finisher, the completer of faith. He puts the cherry on top. Faith comes from God. It is a gift from God. Faith is a miracle. That any of us could act in faith, that is because of the mercy of God. I mean, God's a faith God. And he said, you're my faith woman, you're my faith man. Not because of you, but because of my goodness, because of my love, because of my son, because of the blood of my son. You, you can grab hold. Just like Jesus grabbed hold of the words of God, you can grab hold of the words of God. Isaiah prophesying, Isaiah speaking, Isaiah said, the Lord said, I sought for a man. I sought for a woman. I sought for a person who would what? Stand in the gap. Who would make up the hedge. Well, that's true concern in prayer. We're using concern in prayer. But you think about that. I think right there in that passage or close to that passage, he says, Concerning my sons and the work of my hands, command ye me. Yeah, that's in your Bible. We better turn there. Isaiah, I think it's a 44, close to there. Concerning 
my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Okay, that's Isaiah 45, 11. Where's that other reference, guys? I saw it for a man. I'll have to look it up on my phone if I don't get here a second. All right, did anybody go to Bible school? <clears throat> Let me teach you something. Oh, Ezekiel 22, okay. I saw it for a man... Among them, I've got it marked right here in my Bible. <laughs> Who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. He said, I sought for a man who would stand in the gap. And then over, over in uh, 44, uh, where, where we uh, quoted, concerning my sons and the work of my hands, command ye me. You know, the Lord has plans for mankind. He has plans for you, for your family. He has plans uh, for your country, for our country. You know, we're kind of international, so I don't know if this is everybody's country, but anyhow, if this is your country. John Wesley said, it seems God can do nothing except someone ask him. It's like it's in the heart of God to do things in your life to do things in the lives of your children, to do things in the lives of your parents, to do things in the lives of your friends and your acquaintances. He wants to do things. But he needs access. So Christ came as a man, a human man, spotless, sinless, Perfect in all of his ways. He was the second Adam. First Adam passed upon sin to all. And all who receive the second Adam receive righteousness passed on and passed into. Oh, uh, uh, praise the Lord. Second Corinthians. Chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. But if the ministration of death written engraven in stones was glorious, speaking of the glory that was on the face of Moses when he came down from the mountain of God and had received the commandments of God, if that was glorious so that the children of Israel could not you couldn't steadily look at the face of Moses because of the glory that was on his face, on his countenance, which the glory was done away or was passing away or was a, a fading glory. He went up into the presence and he, he uh, shined with the glory of God. You know, it's kind of like if you look at these bright lights, which I just did. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, and then, you know, it's got all these little dots. You can't see them because it's so bright. But then if I close my eyes, that is still there, but it's fading away. Right? I've been affected by it. And so Moses came down and Paul by the Holy Spirit is saying, if the glory that was the glory of a law that, that uh, ushered in sin, if that glory, if that was glorious, how much more glorious is the glory that doesn't usher in sin, but it ushers in righteousness? That every single man, woman, and child who accepts Jesus Christ is declared favored of God, righteous of God. Wow. That what man could not do in, in our own weakness, in a, our, our, as much discipline as we think we can muster up, that what we couldn't do, Jesus did. 
He brought us real life and real living and real perspective and real light that we wouldn't walk in darkness. He said, uh, the devil has come to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. If you got something in your life that is stealing from you, that is killing around you, that is destroying relationships, destroying things, that is not from God, that is from the devil. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Obliterate them. Set them to nothing. And then he said, I have come, but I have come. Satan doesn't come with good things. He is a master deceiver. He will make it seem like. He will make it feel like. He will make it look like. He'll even sometimes make it smell like. This is good for you. You deserve this. Other people couldn't handle this, but you can handle this. You know, when those little voices start to elevate you and start to magnify you, you better watch out. I don't know if I should do that. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's go one page, or on my Bible, it's one page over. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Way over. First Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, I love that sound. <laughs> Blessed Wyatt. I, I quoted this earlier, uh, verse 1. And I, brother, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. In other words... <laughs> I didn't say, I got all this vast wisdom and I'm going to tell this to you. I'm just saying what God did. I'm just telling you what God did in my life. I'm just telling you how God changed me. I'm just telling you, I used to be this way. I was the most zealous. I was persecuting everyone. I was like, I'm gonna, if, if someone's going to persecute, I'm going to be the top. He's like, I am better than all of you at persecuting the church. Only problem is, when the light came and arrested him, he realized the greatest goal of his life, what he had given himself to, was exactly wrong. Even Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Lord, He thought he's working for God. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those like moments where you're like, I am just all out for the Lord. And all of a sudden, a light shines on your situation. And it's like somebody, should I do this to you? Make a big old fist and hit you in the gut. Because everything you thought you were doing for God was not for God. I've determined, well, that's what he says next. That's why I was going to read that. Verse 2. For I have determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ, or among men, excuse me, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I think Paul probably studied more than you do. Well, he did most of that studying before he was even born again. So he didn't have light from the Lord. 
You can receive things in your head and not do any good, actually do destruction. Be destructive because you just got love edifies. Knowledge puffs up. Paul said, I determined not to have any knowledge except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Pastor Mark said to me one time, I was telling him, man, that verse has just really affected me. He's such a jokester, you know. He liked to keep you humble too. So he says, uh, I can see that you have determined to know nothing. I said, thank you very much. working very hard at knowing nothing. <laughs> Let's skip over to verse 10. Uh, well, I'm going to do verse 9. But as it's written, I has not seen, that's natural eye, ear has not heard, that's, that's natural ear, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You ain't seen nothing yet. Your eyes not seen, your ears not heard, neither is in your heart. The things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. In other words, these are not going to be figured out through natural means. You can maybe find a little trajectory of your life, but I'm telling you, you got to listen with your heart. So it's not natural eyes, natural ears. That's the avenue to find out in your heart what God is saying. Listen to this. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. You can be no closer to Jesus Christ than you are to his spirit. If If you are a good Catholic... Well, then you ought to follow Mary to the upper room where she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit of God, begin to speak in other tongues. Come on, my grandmother, not my grandmother, Melody's grandmother, boy, she got filled with, she was a Catholic woman, she got filled with the Holy Ghost and the charismatic renewal in the Catholic Church. I'm so thankful because then uh, her mother who is Melody's, uh, or excuse me, her daughter, who is Melody's mother, and then Melody. So Melody grew up. You know what she grew up doing? She got born again at a very young age. I don't remember the exact age, maybe like uh, five-ish or something like that. Filled with the Holy Ghost right afterwards, so she didn't know what it's like to be born again and not filled with the Spirit of God. But you know what she did? Brother Higgin had these little mini books. So as a little girl... She would read his mini books all the time. Why? Her spirit was alive unto God. She had a hunger on the inside that only comes from God. And she was looking for the things of God. Some people say like, well, God just loved her more. No, she gave herself to God. Any one of us can do the same thing her friends, her family, anyone could do the same thing. God is no respecter of persons. Nobody has a corner on God. No one can get any closer to God than you can. For verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? You ever had that? Like, what do I really want here? Well, what are my real motives? You're not going to find that out through reason. You're not going to find that out through yield of the flesh. You've got to go to the inside of yourself, the real you. The real you that doesn't change as the calendar flips. My inward man is renewed day by day. My outward man may be changing, and if Jesus doesn't come after I've lived a long life on the earth, my body, uh, my spirit's going to slip out of my body, and I'm going to be present with the Lord. 
You know, Philippians chapter 1, I think it's verse 21, is just as true as Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Mark eleven twenty three and 24 talks about our authority in Christ and faith in God. Whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have or whatever he says. But Philippians 1, 21 says to live is Christ, but to die is gain. When a Christian dies, it's victory. I got a friend who last night went over to victory. It's not loss. It's our loss, but it's their gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. The believers, believers, hallelujah. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. How are you going to know the things of God? By the spirit of God. He will reveal. He will teach. He will show. He will strengthen you. He will open the eyes of your understanding. Paul prayed this prayers for the Ephesians. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, He's a Father. He's a Father to every one of His children. Not just God. God is your Father. In other words, even Jesus said it. He said if an earthly father could figure out how to do good things for his children... How much more can God in heaven figure it out? I like uh, Carpenter's translation of uh, chapter 3 of Ephesians. He said, the father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. He said, "When when I kneel down in my little chamber to pray, bow before the Lord, the father, I think of my own father. And all the fathers of all the happy homes where I have ever been a part. He said, then I multiply it a thousand. No, 10,000 times. And think that might just be a glimpse of what fatherhood means in heaven. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the father, your father, your daddy, that he would give to you. What? A spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him, in acknowledging him, in walking with him. This is the cry of the heart of God that was expressed through Paul yielding to the Holy Spirit and speaking and praying, standing in the gap, making up the hedge. Because God wants to do things in your life. He wants to do things in my life. He wants to do things in the life of this nation in Washington, D.C. Believe it or not, even God loves D.C. But he said, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman who will yield themselves to me so that I can speak through them. I need a body. I need a voice. I need a mind to think through. Jesus came as our forerunner. God on the inside of Jesus. Now it's God on the inside of every believer. Doing what only God could do. But you have to yield to him. Just because you have received Jesus Christ. Just because you have been made brand new on the inside. Let me tell you. On the inside... Every old thing has passed away. There's not a little crumb left. There's not, I don't know what a spirit is made of, but there's not a little blood vessel left of the old man. You have a brand new spirit. Birthed in heaven itself by the heart of God. Placed within Natural human flesh. Encased 
in natural human flesh that has natural human desires. And then you have a mind. You have emotions. You have a will. You have thoughts. And we're told in Romans and over in James, boy, you got to change that old mind. you got a brand new life. you got a brand new spirit on the inside of you. In fact, you have become he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You're united to God on the inside in your spirit. Well, you can be united to God on the inside in your spirit and not have your mind changed and limit the Holy One of Israel because of your thinking that has never changed. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, let's, let's go to the main scripture so we can finish. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter, hallelujah, 10. I'm going to read this quote from Wigglesworth again first, and then we'll go to that scripture. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, I think they have recorded that he raised it. The Lord used him to raise at least three people from the dead. But, uh, you know, those guys that travel with him, one guy said, he said, I personally saw 23 people raised from the dead under his ministry. Like uh, Pastor Mark says, I don't know about you, but I'm still working on my first. (laughs) Now, I have seen, I will say, I have seen the Lord raise people up that were right at death's door. I went with a little baby. They basically looked dead you know, in the hospital. The nurses think they're not going to make it through the night. They're all night. In the morning, the nurses are like, whoa, they might make it. Like, you know, I know they're going to make it. Because Jesus is Lord. And we turn the situation over to the Lord of life. We turn the situation over to the great physician. And we believe We've asked the Lord to give wisdom to the lesser physicians. Thank God for doctors. But thank God for doctors that believe in God. That know who the healer is. Hallelujah. He said uh, on page 195 of Ever Increasing Faith. Many people picture the devil as a great, ugly monster with large eyes and a tail. Are you getting the picture? But the scriptures give us no such picture of him. He was a being of great beauty whose heart became lifted up against God. Ezekiel. You read that in Ezekiel. I don't know why, I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. He was like so beautiful. And not only was he created so beautiful, it says that he, what drew my attention was that he really ministered at the altar of God in the stones of fire. That seems like a pretty close place to God. Seems like pretty intimate place with God. Seems like pretty special assignment from God. Yet iniquity, he did that until iniquity was found in his heart. Well, that just tells me there's probably no one that has a corner on God. Because he started to think, you know, I am pretty beautiful. And I do have a very special place with God. In fact, I think I could probably do what he does and I could do it better. Essentially, I'm obviously majorly paraphrasing, but he was a being of great beauty whose heart became lifted up against God. He is manifesting himself everywhere today, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, as an angel of light. He's manifesting himself everywhere today as an angel of light. This is what you should do. 
this is going to be good. He is full of pride. And if you aren't careful, he will try to make you think that you are somebody. Remember, the gospel doesn't magnify man. It magnifies God. Well, you're somebody special. You're someone that Christ has died for. You're someone that has been given life because of the love of God and the obedience and love of Christ. Uh, You're someone that God has chosen to place his love upon. You're someone that God changed from the inside out. You're special because God made you, because God loves you, because God chose you. It's all about God and not about you. While we were sinners, Roman tells us, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ did not die for the righteous. He did not die for the religious. He did not die for the ones that were doing lots of good things. Well, because every man was ungodly anyhow. But in other words, you can't take any credit. I can't take any credit. All the credit, all the glory, all the praise, all the thanks goes to God. Because He is a good God. Always good. Psalm 119 says, you are good and you do good. He's the biggest do-gooder you've ever seen. Sometimes I don't know if these are generational comments or not. Okay. <laughs> if <laughs> he's full of pride, not him. <laughs> I hope not. Okay. <laughs> and if you aren't careful, he'll try to make you think you're somebody. This is the weakness of most preachers and most men. The idea of being somebody. And the more we know we are nothing, the more God can make us a channel for his power. What did Paul say? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because I, when I'm weak, I access a strength that is beyond myself. When I'm weak, I say, I can't do it. Lord, I'm looking to you. Do you know someone who doesn't pray is a person of pride? A lack of prayer is a sign of pride because I can do it myself. I don't need to ask anybody, not even God. But the humble man, the humble woman, they pray. They look to God. They turn the situation to God. All right, let's finish here uh, with 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10. Well, I'm going to read verse 11 first and then 10. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, uh, you know, you can also cross-reference it with Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, I believe it is. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. (laughs) In Christ, it's pretty simple. You look to him. He's your savior. He's the one that changed you, restored you, makes all things possible through him who loved us. The devil is subtle. Just like he was subtle in the garden, he hasn't changed. He's still subtle. He masquerades. I think that's over in uh, chapter 11. Yeah, Uh, further in chapter 11, verse 14, 15. uh, He masquerades as an angel of light. Over in um, chapter 10, verse 1, Paul said, Uh, excuse me, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against. Some which think of us as though we walked according to the flesh. So, you know, they got these, uh, this guy or these guys in Corinth that are saying like, look, this dude, like, 
He is a short little guy who doesn't know how to speak. You should listen to me. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh. How many of you walk in the flesh? I walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, this fight is not a physical fight. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Verse 7. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Uh, Later he goes on to say, you know, what others are in word, when I show up again, I'm going to be with power. In other words, our gospel is not just a gospel of words. It's a gospel of power. Back in uh, chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 2 He said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So so how does this come? You know, uh, well, the devil's a subtle little dude. Many people say, okay, I see that. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to receive Jesus. I want to be changed. And they begin in faith. And they begin looking to Jesus. But then they start walking out, like Paul said, these other guys were doing, in the flesh. He's like, I'm walking in the flesh too. But I'm telling you what, my manner of life is of God. I could describe it to you like this, and we're going to have to close because of time. But um, <laughs> Before we started the church, I was, in, um, I was talking to Pastor Mark, and he said something to me that really stuck with me. He said, uh, there's too many entrepreneurs in the ministry. You know what he means? In other words, these people could start any kind of business. And because they're believers, they feel like the business I'm going to start is I'm going to start a traveling ministry or a church or something like that. They turn the ministry into a business. There is a business aspect. And if you're not faithful in the business aspect, you're not going to have a ministry for very long. This is not primarily a business. This is serving the Lord. Why do I say that? Well, I say that because the devil's very subtle. And so you could enter your Christian walk with the Lord, your Christian life, and get the impression that because God loves you so much, because he sacrificed so much for you, and because he gave you so much that you could kind of handle this without him. That you could just decide what you're going to do because you're made so much like God, you're made in his likeness and the image as much as God himself has the ability to make you, and that's true. But you could decide, well, uh, I'm just going to call the shots and I'm going to do what I want. That kind of sounds like what the devil did. Paul said, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, I don't want your minds to be corrupted. He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through pulling down of strongholds. In other words, as believers, our walk is a different walk. Our source is a different source. 
So we never come to know. We never reach the end. In fact, he gave the gifts unto men till we all come into the unity of faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God become a perfect man to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, that's not going to happen until Christ actually fully comes back, but we're all on the path. We're all going that direction. But every one of us, the intersection of faith and wisdom is the humble heart that's turned toward God, that we're looking to the Lord. I like Patsy Caminetti. She, um, she's actually going to be ministering at a, a meeting we're going to be at in a couple weeks, but she, um, we should pray for her. She's in Australia. They don't want to let her out, you know. This is the wisdom of the world. This, this whole thing that's going on is man's wisdom, man's thoughts. If you try to fight man's wisdom and man's thoughts with your thoughts, oh, you're going to get upset. Oh, you're going to be frustrated. Oh, you're going to find out you have strife. You're going to fly off the handle like that, and you're going to wonder what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. You're trying to live out of the flesh. Well, we have flesh and we live, but our source is not the flesh. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. They're foolishness. Spiritual things are foolishness to the natural man. But they're not foolishness to the one that listens to the Spirit, that yields to the Spirit. So I barely got through the introduction. We thank God for what he does. Uh, he's waiting on every one of us to yield to him, to stand in the gap, take your place. What's your place? Well, whatever he would do if he were there, whatever he would say if he were there, you say that. By the authority of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, I command that sickness to leave your body. I command strength into my body. I command my mind to think the right thoughts. And I renew my mind. But we're, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. If you're going to walk in darkness, you're going to be in subjection to the darkness. But if you come as light into the dark places and the dark recesses, you will actually find that those dark things are driven away. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. We're not fighting with the weapons of this world. <laughs> We're fighting with weapons that are from a world that supersedes everything in this world. Weapons from God. The word of God. The sword of the spirit. The preparation of the gospel of peace. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. We are arrayed. We are dressed up by God. And we have some place to go. Uh, praise the Lord. That's a strange place to stop, but we got to stop. Stand up, please. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray a prayer. Uh, first of all, Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, every head bowed, every eye closed. Just open your heart to the Lord and receive, receive this prayer. Um, I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for me right now. Father, we thank you that you are a good father. Father, I pray and I ask according to your goodness, according to your mercy, according to your compassion, according to your plan, according to your power, according to the blood of Jesus, that you would strengthen us in our inner man. Every heart, every spirit, every individual, that Christ may live and dwell in our hearts by faith.
that we being rooted and grounded in your love would be able to comprehend and understand and walk in and flow in and allow to flow through us the love of Christ that passes natural human knowledge. That we may know the extents of that love, the height and the width and the breadth and the depth, that love that goes beyond our natural ability to understand and comprehend. That Christ in our hearts may have his place. Hallelujah. That we may be filled with all your fullness, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your purpose. Thank you for your direction, your instruction, your commands, your precepts, your ways. Hallelujah. Thank you that it's an easy thing. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That we've been designed to to serve you, that we've been designed to be fulfilled and find our greatest satisfaction in life through fulfilling your plan for our lives. Thank you that we're not left to go whichever way the wind blows, but you have set us on a course and you have given us a direction and you've given us boldness, faith, and a mouth to speak. So Father, we... I command the forces of darkness to take their hands off of every family under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your plan that every individual sees clear and knows right now this is what to do. This is the way to walk. This is the way to talk. This is the way to move. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you that you surround us on every side with a shield of protection. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus, your plans and your purposes for our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your glory upon the earth, your glory in your church, your glory in every heart and every life, opening up, opening up, hallelujah, those plans, those purposes and your ways. Hallelujah. Thank you that we're not alone. Hallelujah. That you walk with us and talk with us. Hallelujah. Forever. (laughs) Your spirit forever with us, forever in us. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's, let's keep our heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're with us in the room here online, listening later, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. This is different. This is not the, the, the normal way to live as a natural human. Uh, you're totally changed when you accept Christ. And the way you accept Him is you believe that He lived, uh, that He died on the cross to take away your sins, and that God raised Him from the dead for you. And then you just take him as your Lord. You say, yeah, I believe that. I believe he did that. And I want him to be the Lord of my life. I'm turning myself over to him. I don't want to live in my own strength. I don't want to live in my own ability. I want the whole weight of all the things going on in my life. I want that all off of me. And Father God, I'm giving it to you. And in just a second, a few seconds, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you pray this prayer with me from your heart... It's really just that easy because God made it that easy because he loves you that much that you turn your life over to him and he turns his life over to you. He comes on the inside. When the enemy came in like a flood, the Lord lifted up a standard against him and that standard is the blood of Jesus and he can't stand against that blood. So right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in, uh, online or in person, if you'd like to receive Jesus, I want you to make a decision. I want you to mark this place in your life. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for God and for Jesus Christ every day. Let's pray. If you want to receive Jesus, just slip up your hand online or in person. Be bold. Jesus said, I'm not going to be ashamed of you before my Father. Don't be ashamed of me before people of the earth. Hallelujah. He loves you. 
moving on your heart. Respond to Him. Let Him come in. Change your life. Let's pray. Oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son. And that you love me so much that you sent Him to save me. To forgive me of my sins. So that I could have your kind of life. I believe that. I believe that when you raised him from the dead, you made me right with you. Lord Jesus, I take you as my Lord. I freely receive you. Father God, thank you that I am now born again. Jesus is now my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name.